Chapter twenty eight In which what threatened to be a tragedy turns to comedy. Part one of Black Moth by Georgette Heyer. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. With a smothered cry, Diana flew across the room to where my lord lay in a pitiful little heap, but before her was Richard. He fell on his knees beside the still figure, feeling for the wound. Diana, on the other side, looked across at him. "'Tis his shoulder, sir, an old wound. Oh, he is not—he cannot be dead." Richard shook his head dumbly and gently laid bare the white shoulder. The wound was bleeding very slightly, and they bound it deftly betwixt them, with their united handkerchiefs and a napkin seized from the table. "'Tis exhaustion, I take it,' frowned Richard, his hand before the pale lips. "'He is breathing still.' Over her shoulder Diana shot an order. "'One of you men, please, fetch water and cognac.' "'At once, madam,' responded Andrew promptly, and hurried out. She bent once more over my lord, gazing anxiously into his face. "'He will live? You are sure? He must have rid all the way from Maltby, for me.' She caught her breath on a sob, pressing one lifeless hand to her lips. "'For you, madam?' Richard looked an inquiry. She blushed. "'Yes, he—we—I—' "'I see,' said Richard, gravely. She nodded. "'Yes, and—and the Duke caught me, and brought me here, and—and then he came and saved me.' The air blowing in from the window stirred the ruffles of my lord's shirt, and blew a strand of her dark hair across Diana's face. She caught it back, and Richard stared at her with a puzzled air. "'Pardon me, sir, but you are so like him.' "'I am his brother,' answered Richard shortly. Her eyes grew round with surprise. "'His brother, sir? I never knew Mr. Carr had a brother.' "'Mr. who?' asked Richard. "'Carr. It is not his name, is it? I heard the Duke call him Carstairs, and—my lord.' "'He is the Earl of Wincham,' answered Richard, stretching out a hand to relieve Andrew of the jug of water he was proffering. "'Good gracious!' gasped Diana. "'But he said he was a highwayman.' "'Quite true, madam.' "'True, but how ridiculous, and how like him!' She soaked a handkerchief in the water and bathed my lord's forehead. "'He is not coming to in the least,' she said nervously. "'You are sure tis not—' "'Quite. He'll come round presently. You said he had ridden far?' "'He must have, sir. I wish he were not so pale. He was staying with the O'Hara's at Maltby.' "'What? The O'Hara's?' "'Yes, and he must have ridden from there, and his wound still so tender.' Again she kissed the limp hand. Over by the window his grace, his breath recovered, was eyeing Andrew through his quizzing-glass. "'May I inquire what brings you here?' he asked sweetly. "'And why you saw fit to bring the saintly Richard?' "'I came because it suited me to do so. I never dreamed you were here. Upon my soul I did not. Where, then, did you think I was? Never thought about you at all, my dear fellow. I'm not your squire.' "'Why is Richard here?' "'Lord, what a catechism! He is here because he brought me with him on his way to Wincham. Have you any objection?' "'It would be useless,' shrugged Tracy. "'Have I killed that young fool?' Andrew looked over him in disgust. "'No, you have not. You have barely touched him, thanks be.' "'Dear me! Why this sudden affection for Carstairs?' Andrew swung round on his heel, remarking over his shoulder, "'He may be a cheat, but he's a damned fine fellow. By God! He nearly pinked you as I entered.' He chuckled at the memory of that glorious moment. "'He nearly pinked me a dozen times,' replied Tracy, binding his arm round more tightly. "'He fights like ten devils. But he was fatigued.' He followed Andrew across the room and stood looking down at his unconscious foe. Diana's eyes challenged him. "'Stand back, Your Grace. 
You have no more to do here.' He drew out his snuff-box and took a pinch. "'So that is how the matter lies, my dear. I did not know that.' "'You pretend that it would have made a difference in your treatment of me?' "'Not the slightest, child,' he replied, shutting the box with a snap. "'It has merely come as a slight surprise to me. It seems he has the luck this round.' He walked away again as another great bell-peal sounded through the house. Andrew, pouring cognac into his glass, paused, with bottle held in mid-air. "'Thunder and turf! We are like to be a party. Who now?' He set the glass down and lounged out of the room, bottle in hand. They heard him give an astonished cry and a loud laugh, and the next moment O'Hara strode into the room, booted and spurred and enveloped in a heavy surcoat. He came swiftly upon the little group about my lord, and went down on one knee beside him. His eyes seemed to take in every one at a glance. Then he looked across at Richard. "'Is he alive?' Richard nodded, not meeting the hard, anxious gaze. O'Hara bent over his friend. "'He has been wounded.' Diana answered this. "'Only slightly, Sir Miles, but twice his shoulder again. He was tired after the ride. Mr. Carstairs thinks he has fainted from exhaustion.' O'Hara very gently slipped one arm beneath my lord's shoulders, and the other under his knees, rising with him as easily as if he were carrying a baby. He walked over to the couch, lowering his burden on to the cushions that Diana placed to receive him. "'He will be easier there,' he said, and looked across at her. "'You are quite safe, child.' "'Quite, quite. He came just in time, and fought for me,' she dabbed openly at her eyes. "'I—I I love him so, Sir Miles, and now I hear that he is an earl,' she sighed. "'Well, child, we'll make no difference, I take it. I hope he'll make you happy.' She smiled through her tears very confidently. O'Hara turned and faced Richard, who was standing a little in the rear, watching his brother's face. He met O'Hara's scathing look squarely. "'Well, not,' answered the Irishman cuttingly, and walked over to where Lord Andrew was arguing hotly with his brother. Carstairs returned to my lord's side and stood looking silently down at him. Diana suddenly gave a little joyful cry. "'He is coming round. He moved his head. Oh, Jack, my dear one, look at me.' She bent over him with eyes alight with love. My lord's eyelids flickered and opened. For a moment he stared at her. "'Why, Diana!' She took his head between her hands and kissed him full on the mouth. Then she raised his head to look into the blue eyes. My lord's arm crept round her and held her tight against him. After a moment she disengaged herself and stood aside. Jack's eyes, still a little bewildered, fell upon his brother. He struggled up on his elbow. "'Am I dreaming, Dick?' His voice was full of a great joy. Richard went quickly to him, trying to put him back on the cushions. "'My dear Jack, no, no, lie still.' "'Lie still,' cried my lord, swinging his feet to the ground. "'Not a bit of it. I am well enough, but a trifle dizzy. How in thunder did you come here? Surely t'was you who knocked up my sword. Yes, interfering young cub, give me your arm a minute.' "'But why do you want to get up?' pleaded a soft voice in his ear. "'So that I can take you in my arms, sweetheart,' he answered, and proceeded to do so. Then his glance, wandering round the room, alighted on the heated group by the table. Andrew, vociferously indignant, Tracy, coolly sarcastic, and O'Hara furious. "'Terra nouns!' ejaculated my lord. "'Where did they all spring from?' "'I don't quite know,' laughed Diana. "'Sir Miles came a few minutes ago, and the other gentleman came with Mr. Carstairs.' "'Aye, I remember him. "'Tis Andrew, eh, Dick?' Zounds, how he has grown! But what in the world are they all fighting over? Miles, Miles, I say! O'Hara wheeled around, surprised. Oh ho! Ye are up, are ye? He crossed to his side. 
"'Then sit down. "'Since you're all so insistent, I will. "'How did you come here?' O'Hara went round to the back of the couch to arrange a cushion beneath the hurt shoulder, and leaned his arms upon the back, looking down with a laugh in his eyes. "'Faith, I rode. "'But how did you know? "'Where—' "'Twas all on account of that young rascal David,' he said. "'Molly fretted and fumed all the way to the Frasers, "'vowing the child would be neglected, and what not, "'and we'd not been in the house above an hour or so, "'when up she jumps and says she knows that something has happened at home, "'and nothing will suffice but that I must drive her back. "'We arrived just as Bowley was setting out. "'He told us the whole tale, and of course I had Blue Peter saddled "'in the twinkling of an eye and was off after ye. "'But what with taking wrong turns and me horse not happening to be made of lightning— I couldn't arrive until now. "'You cannot have been so long after me,' said Jack, "'for I wasted full half an hour outside here, "'trying to find an opening in the hedge for Jenny to get through. "'She is now stalled in a shed at the bottom of the lawn "'with my cloak over her. "'I'll swear she's thirsty, too.' "'I'll see to that,' promised O'Hara. "'Andrew came across the room and bowed awkwardly to my lord, "'stammering a little. "'Carstairs held out his hand. "'Lord, Andy, I scarcely knew you.' After a moment's hesitation, Andrew took the outstretched hand and answered laughingly. But my lord had not failed to notice the hesitation, short though it had been. "'I beg your pardon. I had forgot,' he said stiffly. Andrew sat down beside him, rather red about the ears. "'Oh, stuff that, Jack. I'm a clumsy fool, but I did not mean that.' Richard stepped forward into the full light of the candles. "'If you will all listen to me one moment, I shall be greatly obliged,' he said steadily. Lord John started forward. "'Dick!' he cried warningly, and would have gone to him, but for O'Hara's hand on his shoulder, dragging him back. "'Ah, now, be easy,' growled Miles. "'Let the man say it.' "'Hold your tongue, O'Hara. Dick, wait one moment. I want to speak with you.' Richard never glanced at him. "'I am about to tell you something that should have been told seven years ago. Once and for all, I forbid it,' snapped my lord, trying to disengage himself from O'Hara's grip. Miles leant over him. "'See here, my boy, if you don't keep a still tongue in your head, it's meself that'll be gagging you, and that's that.' My lord swore at him. Diana laid a gentle hand on his arm. "'John, please be still. Why should not Mr. Carstairs speak?' "'You don't know what he would do,' fumed Jack. "'In fact, Miss Bowley, Sir Miles and Andrew are completely in the dark,' drawled the Duke. "'Shall I tell the tale, Richard?' End of chapter 28, part 1. Read by Sibella Denton. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.